awesome to hear people from Australia pray. <laughs> Would you agree? It's not like me up here going, dear God, bless us for today. I mean, she's like, give us a fresh start, Lord. And I'm like, yes, I want that. God, Australians know how to pray, don't they? That, have you enjoyed Michelle and her being with us, leading us in worship? She's so great. Everybody in the room, everybody watching online, we all have one thing, and we actually have a lot in common, but one of the things we have in common is we all have fears. Everybody has fears. And it, whatever you're afraid of, you tend to stay away from whatever that is. Um, I was reminded of this over Christmas break because I had some time on my hands. And uh, a couple people had told me about this documentary on Netflix. Now, pause. Typically, when people tell me about a documentary on Netflix, I'm out. I'm, I don't want to watch it because it's, it's stupid most of the time. It really is. But I had two separate people that didn't know each other tell me about the same documentary. And I said, you know what? I've got nothing to do. I'm going to watch this documentary on Netflix, and it's called My Octopus Teacher. Have, has anybody seen this? Okay, not many. Okay, let me tell you about it because it's good. In fact, this is what you're going to do this afternoon. It's fascinating. It's about a guy in South Africa that makes friends with an octopus. It's amazing. For a year, he swims down, and like one day the octopus comes out, and like it gets closer, and, and then they get closer, and, and it's really cool. Up until the guy says everything was going awesome until the day they showed up. Now, the they in this were the sharks. And when the sharks showed up, I would have been out. I don't care how cool the octopus was. I don't care how good of friends we are. I'd have been like, I'm going to bounce because the sharks are here. Because I am petrified of sharks. I'm so scared of sharks that I won't go near them at all. So I've had people say, Pastor P, I'd love to take you deep sea fishing. You know what? Not going to happen. You know why? Because in the movie Jaws, Jaws ate the boat. <laughs> Not going. I will go to the beach with you, but I will walk on the shore with my feet barely touching the water. You know why I won't get in? Sand sharks. Those are real. I don't make those up. Sharks, I'm, I'm petrified of sharks. I've been in Lake Hartwell and thought, if there is a shark in a freshwater lake, it's got to be Lake Hartwell because there's stuff in that lake that nobody has ever f figured out yet. And I'm like, I get petrified. And so because I fear sharks, I stay away from the ocean or I don't get near them because I'm scared. And we're all like that. If we're scared of something, typically we stay away from it. Whether it's um, so, uh, some people were afraid of heights. Anybody afraid of heights? Anybody in the room? Yeah. Um, public speaking is one of the number one fears in the world. Anybody scared of public speaking? Anybody? You are? Hey, hey, come up here for a minute. I'm just kidding. See, see, everybody went, oh, <laughs> she smiled at me and said, I ain't coming. Um, but like, we're all scared of something. And if we're, if we're scared of something, we stay away from it. Would you agree? Yes or no? Okay. So let's talk about God for a second. If you grew up like I did in the southeastern part of the United States, and I've gone to some, I'm talking about some old hell, fire, and brimstone preaching churches. I don't, I don't know if you've ever been there. Where, I mean, it was like, man, you, that, it's like the preacher takes you and holds you by the collar over the pit of hell. And then at the very end, he pulls you back and says, see you next Sunday. And, and talks to you about, you need to be, talks to you about the fear of the Lord. Now, Scripture says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. But it's a different kind of fear. It's not like the fear that I have with sharks. 
It's like a reverence and an awe for God. But there's some people in this room that if you've got a religious background, in fact, if you grew up in a church, maybe this is why you walked away. Maybe this is why you're watching online and you hadn't even really decided if you're ever going to go back to a church again. Because you had two main ideas about God growing up, um, just like I had growing up. The first one is this, God is mad. You ever heard that one? God's just, God's mad at everybody. And so we, we, we see this happen anytime there's a natural disaster, God gets blamed for it. So I remember when Hurricane Katrina was coming in to hit New Orleans. You remember all the TV preachers were talking about, by the way, pause. I'm fascinated with TV preachers. I watch them all the time. I can't stop it. It's like, it's like it, I, can't, I can't quit. It's, it destroys my soul, but I can't stop watching. Anyway, all the TV preachers were talking about, this is God's judgment on the city of New Orleans. And I'm like, is it? Or is it a hurricane? I think it's a hurricane. When, the, when like a tornado falls, everybody goes, that's the wrath and judgment of God. When You remember back in the, in the spring when the tornado hit up in Westminster, Seneca? There were local preachers. That's the judgment of God. No, it's not the judgment of God. It's the judgment of God. The tornado would have hit New York City, not Seneca and Westminster. Those are good people. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Nobody's watching from New York right now. Um, any, any, like COVID. Everybody's like, it's the wrath and judgment of God. Okay. It tells you about the wrath and judgment of God. First of all, if you're a Christian, all the wrath and judgment of God that was meant for us fell on Jesus when he was on the cross. He took our wrath. He took the payment for our sins so we don't have to pay, so we don't have to deal with the wrath and the judgment of God falling on us. Second of all, if the judgment and wrath of God fell on this planet, it makes COVID look like a cupcake. There would be no reporters left to talk about it. And while I'm on it, let me just ask, ask a question that's been asked of me several times about the vaccine. The vaccine for COVID is not the mark of the beast. I know I've had people ask me that. It's not the mark. I, several people. So here's what you need to do. Put the left behind book down and walk away. If you get that, that's awesome. If you don't get that, it is even more awesome, okay? Um, I, I grew up thinking this right here, though. God's mad. God's mad. So he's, he's got a hurricane going over here and a mudslide and an earthquake and a tsunami. God is mad. And then it got more personal. Not only was God mad, but God is mad at me. You ever felt like that? God's not just mad. <laughs> oh, he's... He's mad at me. I remember in the sixth grade, I was hanging out with a friend, and we were in sixth grade doing what sixth grade, you know, you don't need to know what we were doing. We just, we were just, we were sinning, okay? Just, we sinned. We definitely sinned. So the next morning, he gets up to go to school, and he's walking to the bus stop and gets hit by a car. Oh, it wasn't that bad. I mean, like when I say hit by seeds, some of y'all are like, oh my God, no, the car just kind of drove by him grazed his leg, and he fell out on the ground and started doing this. Um, in, in the charismatic churches, you get points for that. But he kind of started doing all this, and he didn't have to go to school. But my dad, is, my dad gets the phone call from this boy's mother, and it's like, so-and-so got hit by a car, and I didn't know it was just a bump. I'm imagining a Mack truck mowing this kid over, and then this was my thought. 
I guess I'm next. I guess I'm next. I sinned. This is how God gets us back. So for the rest of the day, I wouldn't go near the road. Perry, you want to go check the mail? Nah, I'm good. I don't, I don't even care about the mail. I don't ever want mail again. Um, I was scared to death because I, because I sinned, God was going to get me back because God was mad at me. And so because of this, God gets blamed for so many things that he didn't do. I lost my job. God's mad at me. No, you lost your job because you never showed up on time. That's why it has nothing to do with the anger of God. It has everything to do with irresponsibility. But there are people here that you're convinced that not only is God mad, but God is mad at you, either for something you've done in the past or for something you, you are doing now. And because of that, if we think, I don't know about you, but if I think somebody's mad at me, I'll just avoid them. I'll just avoid them. And so we think avoiding God because he's mad is the right thing to do. But let me ask you a question. What if we switched our thinking around on this? Because number one, I don't think God's mad. And number two, I don't think he's mad at you. In fact, this is what I believe. What if we said God, what if we began to have the thought that God doesn't want to beat me or belittle me? He wants to bless me. Now, this is hard to accept. In fact, the more of a church background you have, the tougher this is to receive. But we have a God today that isn't a divine child abuser. He's not into beating his children. He's not into belittling his children. We have a God in heaven today, believe it or not, that wants to bless you. Now, in the scriptures, in the book of Numbers, this is where I get the, got the message today. And I, and I know everybody's like, yes, Numbers, my favorite book. Um, numbers is a little hard to get through. It's got some, I mean, they, they're killing goats and bulls and sheep. They're killing everything in Numbers, all right? But there, there are some parts of Numbers um, that I really love. And this one in particular is important because it's a prayer that God told, so God tells Mo, Moses to, te, to teach this prayer to the Israelites. So this isn't like a prayer that somebody wrote down. This prayer is literally from God. And this is what the prayer says. The Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron. <laughs> I mean, once you, once you see it, you can't unsee it, right? Am I right? And his sons, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. Now, what I typically get when I talk about God wanting to bless people, when I get one-on-one -on -one with people, like when you strip away all the religion, you get one-on-one -on -one where people get real, people say, I, I, I don't know that God wants to bless me. And I always say, I get it. I don't have a hard time believing God wants to bless you or you or you or you. I don't have a hard time believing that. I have a hard time believing God wants to bless me. And the reason I have a hard time believing that God wants to bless me is because I know me. I know, listen, I know me better than Google knows me. In fact, half the stuff that Google knows isn't true, right? I mean, like, I know me better than anybody knows me, and it's hard for me to, to imagine that God wants to bless me, and I'm sure there are people in this room struggling. How could God want to bless me after all I've done in my life? Well, what's interesting is God says, tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. Talk about somebody that didn't deserve a blessing. It was the Israelites. You read the first, you know, five or ten books of the Bible, and this is how the Israelites, they, there, there, were, there, were, there were chapters where they're really close to God, and there are chapters when they're far away. There's chapters when they're red hot for God, 
and there's hot chapters where they're ice cold. It seemed like they were on a roller coaster ride spiritually for the existence of the nation. I wonder, does anybody in this room ever feel like you've been on a roller coaster ride spiritually? There were times you were close to Jesus. There were times you were not close to Jesus. And this is, when I tell you there was times they were not close to Jesus, I'm not talking about spring break. I'm talking about when they got far away from God, they're throwing their children in the fire. And yet, every time they came back to God, God blessed them. Now, you hear old-timey preachers, and they'll say that, that God's going to run out of patience with you, that eventually your time's up, that God's going to run out of patience with you. Maybe, but he gave them like 800, 900 years. I think we're all safe. As I look around the room, we got some 50s in the room. Got some 60s. Got any 60s in the room? 60s, 70s in the room? Okay, praise the Lord. 80s in the room? Yeah, nobody's, nobody's close to 900. I think we're all right. I really do. So, so he says, teach him this prayer. Teach him this prayer. And, and by the way, a blessing is a blessing because we don't deserve it. If we deserved it, it would be our wage. But because we don't deserve it, it's a blessing. And this is the prayer. Watch this. The Lord bless you and keep you. Now, I'm going to put my cards on the table right now. If God is passing out blessings, I want to be at the front of the line. I, that, because, like, if, if, if Frank is passing out blessings, apologies if your name is Frank <laughs> and your mother's name Karen. But if Frank is passing out blessings, I, I'm not, I, I don't know Frank. I don't know what Frank has got. But, but if God's passing out blessings, I want, I, I want to be at the front. I'm going to go ahead and tell you, I want to live the rest of my life being blessed by God. Now, every once in a while, I'll meet people, and I'm sure you've met people that are so heavenly-minded, they're no earthly good. I don't know if you've ever met those people. And recently, I had somebody say something stupid to me. And I won't put my, I, I say stupid stuff, but if you say stupid stuff to me, it's automatically going to be a sermon illustration at some point in the future. <laughs> I don't necessarily use your name, but I'm going to use that phrase. Somebody recently said to me, Pashpi, I'm praying that I could suffer for Jesus more. I said, do what? Just praying I could suffer for God. What do you think about that, Pastor P? I said, that, that literally could be one of the dumbest things anybody's ever said to me, which is huge because I've had some stupid stuff said to me. <laughs> you just hit top five, man. And he said, well, it's in the Bible. Is it? Yeah, Paul said, I'm praying. Okay, that was Paul's personal prayer. He didn't say it was for all people. And by the way, if you want to suffer, just live. We're all going to suffer. I'm not trying to pray for more. Well, it makes me more godly. No, it makes you. No, it doesn't. It makes you sound more godly to a certain number of people who think they're godlier than you anyway. Next, I've decided, next time somebody says they want to suffer for Jesus, I'm praying I'll suffer for Jesus. I just thought, 
man, what if I just, what if I just literally pop them in the nose? <laughs> this is the stuff I think about. <laughs> and, they, and they said, what'd you do that for? I'm just answering you. I'm just helping God answer your prayer. Look at you <laughs> bleeding right now for Jesus. Listen, we're going to suffer, and can God use suffering for good? Absolutely. But at the end of the day, I make no apologies that I want to be blessed by God. Now, one of the ways to understand how God wants to bless us in the future is just pause for a second, and let's focus on how blessed we've already been. Because when we go through a season like we went through in 2020, it's real easy to lose sight of the blessings of God. I don't know about you today, but I've been blessed by God. I was even blessed by God in 2020. You know why? Because I woke up inside this morning. I woke up in a house. Do you know how awesome that is? In a climate-controlled environment. That's a big deal. Because when my dad was arrested in 1988 for selling drugs and taking to jail, I was homeless. I had no place to live. The fact that I have a house today blows my mind. Until the other surface is this. It's just part of my mind. But New Year's Eve, I was riding down the road with Karis, my daughter. And I got a little choked up. And she said, what's wrong? And I said, um, I remember New Year's Eve, December 31st, 1989. I remember it like it was yesterday. She said, what happened that day, Daddy? I said, I had $5 in my pocket. And there was a restaurant down the road that had cheeseburger plates for $1.99. I went and bought my dad and I a cheeseburger plate. And we drank, drank a Coke that we had bought for like 89 cents or something. And we stayed in the trailer, and our heat went out that night. And the wind chill got down below 10 degrees. And we nearly froze to death in our own home. So I've never forgotten that night. So if I got nothing else to be thankful for, last night I had food in my refrigerator and I had heat in my home and I didn't worry about freezing to death. You know why? Because I'm blessed. In fact, I'll take you all the way back to 1989. I was blessed to have $5 to go buy food with. Even when we think we're cursed, we're blessed. I've been, I'm, I'm blessed. I woke up inside. I woke, my refrigerator's got food in it. My clothes, my, I have a closet with clothes in them. I definitely got some shoes. I am blessed with the shoe game. Hello. I, my truck slept inside last night. Not really. Not, like, not, not in the house. But like we have garages for our cars. Our cars are not homeless today. We are blessed. We've been blessed this year. You know what? This year I got COVID and I, did, I survived it. I'm blessed. I'm blessed because I've got money to go out to eat with. I'm blessed because I'm healthy. I'm blessed because God still loves me despite all the stupid, foolish things I've ever done. At the end of the day, I've been blessed. So before I focus on the blessings that I want in the future, I need to be thankful for the blessings that God has given me in the past because at the end of the day, I should be dead. I should be in the hospital. I should be strung out. But because God has blessed me, I'm not who I I, I'll tell you what, I'm not who other people said I was, and neither are you. Neither are you. I want, I want, I want God's blessings in the future. And, and another way to, to receive the blessings of God is understand to stop, and it's taken me 49 years to learn this, to stop asking God for what I want and just ask God for what he wants. 
Because if I'm asking God for what I want, I got to get him to bless it. But if I'm surrendering to what he wants, it's already blessed. And his plans for our lives are greater than our plans for our lives. And his thoughts for our lives are greater than our thoughts for our lives. So at the end of the day, I wonder if there's anybody in this room to just be willing this year to say, you know what, God, I did it my way in 2020. God, how do you want to bless me in 21? Because that's what I want. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. Can we all agree that it's hard to show grace to certain people? We can agree. Good. I was reminded of this a few weeks ago. I was at a red light. It's amazing the lessons that God will teach you in traffic. I wish he'd knock it off. <laughs> About three or four cars behind on Clemson Boulevard, and the light turns green. And the car at the front, don't go. <laughs> you ever been there? They're just sitting there. And you, like... So I've, I'm big on gestures. <laughs> About to show you all my favorite one. It's nothing dirty. Don't cover your kids' eyes if you're watching at home. This is what, and I do this like they can see me. I go. <laughs> now, I got quite a wingspan. I give this about two seconds. If this don't work, what do I do? Horn. Yes, Exactly. And I'm not, I don't, I don't toot the horn. <laughs> Somebody's like, doot, doot, uh-uh. I hold down on the horn until action happens. <laughs> so I've been driving a couple weeks ago, and the car, I could see them. I could, I could see them. And anybody want to take a guess at what they were doing? Yeah. That they were on their phone. It could have been Facebook. It could have been it, sitting in traffic. But they weren't moving. And I'm holding down on my heart. And, and, and it was so It was one of those situations where when they finally went, by the time I got up to the, re, to the green light, it was red again. Uh, um, uh, mm. I was saying words not in the Bible. Um, I mean, I was, I was angry. And it's hard to show grace to those people until a few days ago when I was at a red light. <laughs> Somebody sent me a text message. I was like, what's up? And I'm sitting there looking at my phone, and I hear these car horns. <laughs> so I look at my rearview mirror, and there was a guy behind me. He had a gesture. <laughs> he told me I was number one. <laughs> and I was like, oh! You know what? It's once... You, it's hard to show grace to certain people until you've been in that situation. Then it's real easy to show grace. I heard a statement one time, and it was made about a group called Alcoholics Anonymous that typically met in church basements. And it said there's way more honesty in church basements than there are cathedrals. But because in cathedrals, when you're honest, you get kicked out. 
But in the basement, when you're honest, you get brought in. That's grace. It, it reminded me of this story in the Bible. It's an Old Testament story about a guy named um, Hosea. Hosea is a chapter in the Old Testament. It's about, uh, I, think it's, I, I think it's 14 chapters. It could be 12. It's either 14 or 12. And it's about a guy named, oh, I can't get anything by y'all. Hosea is his name. And Hosea, he's a single dude when, the, when it first starts out. And God said, Hosea, it's about time for you to get married. And Hosea was like, that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about getting married. That's going to be awesome because woohoo! And God said, and uh, he said, I got my eye on this girl. And God said, no, 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 I got a girl picked out for you. And Hosea said, that is, by the way, this is a paraphrase. It didn't really go down like this. This is just me paraphrasing. So Hosea's like, that's what I'm talking about, God. You got a, you got a girl picked out for me, and your ways are higher and greater. So God, like, what's her name? And God said, Gomer. I mean, is that, the best, is that the best you can do? You spoke the world into existence. You created the sky. You created the sea. You created the birds. And the best you can do is, is go. I'm. She got a job? God said, yes, yeah, she's, she's got a job. What she do? And God said, she's a prostitute. Uh, I mean, you could have you could have just said she works undercover. You could have just said she had that you could have you just covered it that way. Some of y'all get that later. That was pretty funny. Uh, now, if I'm Hosea, I'm like, eh. I, prostitute named Gomer, I'm, hit, I'm aiming a little higher on the list, guy. But God said, go marry her. So he married her. And they had a couple kids together and gave them a couple of really unique names. But then Gomer left. And she went back into prostitution. And she didn't just go back into prostitution. She went so deep into prostitution, she actually sold herself and became a sex slave. So you see Hosea in this book about Hosea, and he's got two kids in the Mom had left and went back to doing what she did before she met him. And God speaks to Hosea and says, go get her back. And Hosea said, well, I mean, the first time all I had to do was ask, but this time, God, it's going to cost me something. God says, pay the price, get her back, because that's what I'm doing for my people. So Hosea goes and he gets her and he pays the price and he brings her back as his wife not his slave. Now, for years, I've seen this book. And I've always read it as we, the church, are, we, we're kind of like Hosea. We're supposed to go get people that are far from God. We're supposed to go get people that have walked away from God and bring them back. But about a month ago, I'm reading through this story, and I had a pen in my hand, and it hit me. I wrote this statement down. I've written it down so many times ever since. And this story in, 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 in the book of Hosea, I'm Gomer not Hosea. And so are you. We've never been Hosea in the story. Hosea is a picture of Jesus who pursued us when we did not pursue him. We were born, listen, children are born innocent. They're not born good. And if you're a parent, you get it. God pursued me and then when I walked away from him, he pursued me again. He just keeps pursuing me. 
That's amazing grace. And when you understand in that story that you're Gomer and not Hosea, it becomes real difficult to judge people. If you think you're Hosea, you can judge people. But when you understand in that story you're Gomer and that his grace has been given to us, man. And so this is the year I'm telling our church to stop praying for God's grace because it's there. One of the best things that you can do for you in the year 2021 is to ask God to make you more aware of his grace for you. It will blow your mind, and it will cause you to look at other people in a completely... Listen, judgment goes out the window when we understand how good God's grace is for our lives. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. <laughs> Anybody like any peace in 2020? Man, I need, I need some peace. I, I got I to gotta get some peace. I was thinking about it. It's real funny. Um, so my fiance texted me. By the way, I'm engaged. I didn't know if y'all knew that. Just saw that on social media. Engaged. Um, but... Uh, she texted me a few weeks ago. She said, do you have any peroxide at your house? I'm a s single dude. I barely have, band I wouldn't have Band-Aids if it wasn't for people buying me Band-Aids. I mean, so I, no, no, I said, I have no peroxide. Why? So I, I called her and she said, Sammy, Sammy's her border collie. He's 10 years old. She said, Perry, <laughs> Sammy ate an entire bottle of CBD oil. <laughs> now, let me pause real quick to tell you, she bought Sammy CBD oil for dogs off of Amazon because Sammy wrestles with anxiety. Some dogs wrestle with anxiety. This is a thing. I didn't know this until I became a dog owner, but dogs wrestle. So she bought him a bottle of CBD oil, and she completely forgot about it and had it sitting on a desk for about three months. I don't know what happened to Sammy. Sammy had a bad day. Sammy saw the CBD oil. I swear to God, he opened the box, opened the bottle, and drank it all. She said, what do I do? I said, don't do anything till I get there because I got to see this dog. <laughs> I walked into her apartment, and this dog's eyes were twice as big. His tail was sticking straight up in the air. <laughs> she said... And what she, I, she said, what do we do? I said, hide all the Doritos. <laughs> she said, this isn't funny. I'm like, no, it is. It's funny. She said, well, I, what about my dog? I'm like, that is the happiest dog I've ever seen. Let's go to dinner. We, came, we went to dinner, came back. That dog is laid out, got tongue all out the side of his mouth. She said, is he dead? I was like, no, he's happy. That dog is happy. That dog has some peace in his life. All of us are looking for peace. Now, I'm going to tell you something that you've probably never heard a pastor say. There is... <clears throat> Don't answer out loud. Don't answer out loud. You know that feeling you get right before you get drunk? It's called a buzz. That feels good. Makes your problems go away. It does. 
Makes you feel good. Only problem with it is the peace is temporary. And a lot of times the problems on the other side of it rob you of peace long term. I mean, I know a little something about that. I don't just know a guy. Getting high feels pretty good. It does. I'm sick of preachers saying, getting high is not fun. (laughs) You've obviously never done it. It's great. And it brings you peace. Temporarily. Then the peace goes away. And you got to hit more of the drug to get it. And then what happens to you while you're high sometimes robs you of peace in the future. It's the same with anything in this world. If your political party won this year, congratulations. In two years, you'll have no peace because it's midterm elections. And in four years, you got no peace because it's the elections all over again. Your football team, no matter who you pull for, they're eventually going to lose and your peace is going to be gone. Everything that this world has to offer you will bring you peace temporarily. But that peace, the the peace that God told us to pray for, that is a peace that literally surpasses all understanding. It's a peace that is not based on a substance or a circumstance, but a man whose name is Jesus, who promised to never leave us or forsake us. That's the kind of peace I want. Not the peace that passes away and i got to go hit more or drink more or do more to get more. I want the peace that is inside of me even when all hell breaks loose around me. That's what God promises in Jesus. In fact, the two things that I've been trying to wrap my mind around over this past year, and I'm going into this next year thinking about, is that if you're a Christian, this is true for me. If you're a Christian, this is true for you. Number one, that Jesus, Jesus is with me. No matter where you go this year, no matter what you do, no matter what happens, Jesus is with you. And that's a strong, strong statement. Because we see in the scriptures that Jesus was crucified. He was put in a tomb. And three days later, he came out of the grave. And he said, I'm going to heaven, and it's good for you that I go to heaven, because if I go, I'll send the Holy Spirit to come live inside of you. So the same Spirit that brought Jesus back from the dead lives inside of me. You know what that brings me when everything's going wrong? Peace. Because if Jesus can conquer death, then Jesus inside of us can conquer anything that this world that throws against us. 1 John chapter 4 says, Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. That brings me peace. Not only is Jesus with me, but Jesus is for me. I'm sick and tired of the brand of Christianity that always teaches Jesus is against you and he's playing defense. No, if you got Jesus in your huddle, he's looking at you and winking going, go long. We're going to score on this play. Jesus is for you. He is for you having joy. He is for you having hope. He is for you having peace. He is for us being blessed. That's the God that we serve. He's not against us. He's for us. So we thought, man, what what, what a better plan 
than for our church to sing a song that we've sang so many times called The Blessing. And this is, this song comes from this passage of scripture out of Numbers chapter 6. The Lord bless you and keep you, his face shine upon you. And when we sing amen, amen basically means let it be so. Let it be so in me. But what I love about the song today is we switched it up a little bit when we get to the second half. Typically, we sing, may his favor be upon you and thousands of generations and your family and your children. We're not singing that today. We're singing, may his favor be upon me and a thousand generations and my family and my children and their children and their children. He is with me. He is for me. We're going to make it about Jesus wanting to do something great in us. Because at the end of the day, we serve a God that doesn't want to beat us or belittle us. He wants to bless us. So let's stand as we get ready to sing. Father, thank you so much for all the promises in your word. God, that you, you told us, God, that we can walk in victory. We can walk in hope and assurance. So, Father, I pray as we sing this song, may we sing it to your glory and be filled with your joy. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus, that that's your heart for your people is for us to walk in your blessings. With heads bowed and eyes closed, I want us to start the end the service and start the year in a really unique way. I want to ask you to pray a prayer with me, but I'm going to ask you to pray it out loud. This is a, the prayer we just read out of Numbers chapter 6. So we're literally praying God's word. And let me tell you something. When you pray God's word, you pray God's will. When you pray God's word, you pray God's will. And so with heads bowed and eyes closed all over the room, I want to invite you to pray this out loud. And I'll go through it in sections. Here we go. Jesus, this year, may you bless me and keep me. Make your face shine on me and be gracious to me. Turn your face toward me and give me peace. Jesus, I want to thank you for this prayer that is so incredible, written in your word by you for your people and I pray that over every single person in this room and watching online today with heads bowed and eyes closed maybe you don't have the peace of God because you've never asked the son of God Jesus to come in your life and today's the day you need Jesus if you need to ask Jesus to come in your life today I want to invite you to pray right where you stand and you can pray this in your heart you can just say Jesus Christ I know that I'm a sinner and I need your forgiveness. I believe you died on the cross and rose from the grave to pay for my sin. And right now, Jesus, I receive you into my life. Thank you for saving me. With heads bowed and eyes closed, if, you just, if you're in this room and you just prayed to receive Christ, I want you to hold your hand up for just a second because I want to, I want to celebrate with you. If you're online, I want you to do the hand raise emoji. Just put it up high. Father, I want to thank you in the name of Jesus that today you have saved people. 
in every service. I want to thank you, Jesus, for the hope that you have given us. God, that you are for us and not against us. God, that we can walk in victory. We don't have to walk in defeat. We can walk in hope. We don't have to be hopeless. No matter what's going on in the world, we know that you reign, God, and that you're in control, and you hold it all in your hands. So I pray as we walk out of this place, Jesus, we would walk out of this place with hope. We would walk out of this place with joy. We would walk out of this place knowing that you have the world in your hands and you have us in your hands. You want to prosper us and not to harm us. You want to give us hope and a future. May we walk out knowing that and may we see tangible results this week of your blessings and your favor in our lives. We love you, Jesus. And everyone in agreement with this said, amen. Are you glad you came to church today? And I'm so glad you're here. We'll see y'all back here next Sunday. God bless. Have a great week.